What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Danny and Bush coming at you with Dynasty Decisions episode 49. For those of you guys that are not aware, this is the final episode that you can comment on to win the $100 gift card. Uh, the details will be linked in the pinned comment down below, and you guys should see the original tweet on the screen right now. What we're doing in today's video, as always, you guys should know by now, we're almost 50 episodes into Dynasty Decisions. We're reviewing your teams, reviewing your trade questions, your uh, rookie draft questions, contending, rebuilding type of questions. If you want to be featured on future episodes of Dynasty Decisions, you guys know what to do by now. Also, reach out to us on Twitter, Discord, Patreon. Patrons get the first priority for Dynasty Decisions, but you guys can get at us in other ways as well. So if you guys are unaware of the contest on episode 50, which will be dropping tomorrow, we will be announcing a winner of a $100 gift card. And to enter the contest, uh, pinned comment should have all the details, but comment down below on this video or any of the previous two videos the last two days dynasty decisions and then follow us both of us on twitter on the screen right now and linked in the description and then dm us a screenshot to the uh, fantasy stock exchange twitter which is linked in the description as well with all those um proof of you know follow and subscribed and, and the comment and all that stuff and you'll be entered to win that so a lot of mumbo jumbo danny how you doing doing well doing well got the salmon back on ripping off the first 49 episodes of nice decisions just thinking about that and thinking how long we've been doing the series how many you know videos we've gone through how much enjoyment you guys have gotten from the series is really remarkable so i mean I'll, I'll give you you guys a pat on the back because you guys are clamoring at the bit to try to get these videos out which i mean validly so they're a lot of fun for us to make they're a lot of fun for you guys to follow around and at the end of the day, as I always say on every single Dynasty Decisions, we're trying to get your Dynasty teams to that next level. We're trying to get you to build those absolute monsters that dominate your leagues for the next 5, 10 years. And yeah, you're in the right spot to be able to do that. Yeah, so what, 49 episodes, 10 uh, teams per video. That's what, 490 times we've talked about selling Dalvin Cook? Pretty pretty good <laughs> number so far. So um, before we get into it, as always, like, comment, subscribe. But now it's at the intro. First team that we got here, our patrons get first priority as always. So we got Kurt's team, nine team super flex PPR, including tight end uh, premium, which is two points um, over the regular PPR. His team there, Brady, Stafford, Watson, et cetera, at quarterback, McCaffrey, Javante Williams, ETN, Dylan, mainly at running back, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, Allen Robinson, Elijah Moore uh, at wide receiver, and then uh, Darren Waller and Hunter Henry and David Njoku, mainly at tight end. Also has a couple guys on his taxi squad. No 2022 draft picks, but he does have all of his picks in the future draft. So basically just thoughts on his team, uh, potential transitions to make, I would say pretty firmly, this is a win now contender looking at your running backs, looking at your quarterbacks. It's pretty easy to tell that. Um, is this the type of team that you just kind of, you know, go into the season and try and win with? Yeah. I mean, this is free money. You, you beat, you have all of your picks. You have a good foundation of your team itself. This is a, this is a really solidly built team. And again, you have that fluidity where, you know, if something goes wrong, you know, if your team hits the downside and you get off to a slow start, then you can pivot to maybe, you know, recouping some value and potentially pushing that to 2023. Vice versa. Again, we, we always stress stay fluid, stay water. Uh, you know, the great Bruce Lee once said, um, this is the type of team where you wait and see, see where you're kind of at. Again, again, your bad record, you can pile some picks. If you have a good record, if you know you're six and two and you're looking to make that last push and let's just say, you know, a rebuilding team is trying to offload, you know, a win now running back or a win now receiver or whatever at that point you have the flexibility to be able to make that acquisition on the spot 
Yeah, a team, uh, a player that I would look into with a type of team like this, I would look into guys like, I mean, we say this all the time, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Keenan Allen, wide receivers in that territory, especially, I mean, you have Brady too. So if you wanted to go after Mike Evans midseason, if a rebuilding team had Mike Evans on their team, he would make a ton of sense. You could probably get him for like your two and your three or something like that. Or maybe um, you could trade a young piece and a two for Mike Evans straight up at that point in time. So uh, I think you're in a good spot. Not a whole lot of you know recommendations that I have for you. You got two top 10 quarterbacks this year with Deshaun Watson kind of waiting in the wings as well. You have, if he's on the field, the best running back in fantasy, Javante Williams and ETN between those two guys, you should have a stud RB1. AJ Dillon, a solid uh, depth piece. And then, I mean, your top three receivers should all be, uh, Jefferson and AJ Brown should be top 10 guys. Allen Robinson, and Elijah Moore should be top 24 dudes. And then in a two tight end premium, two point tight end premium, uh, Darren Waller should be a real difference maker as well. Yeah, no, overall, great job. I mean, this this team is clearly built well. And for a win-now team, keeping that amount of fluidity is fantastic. So great job. We can move on to the next team. That's going to be from Brian Harris. You guys can see the team on the screen. Quarterback headlined by Lamar Jackson, Ryan Tannehill, Mac Jones in specific. Uh, running back, J.K. Dobbins, Travis Etienne, et cetera there. A wide receiver, you have A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Rashad Bateman, you know, Traylon Burks, Drake London. Very, very good core over there. And at tight end, you have the gold standard of tight end and fantasy Kyle Pitts, as well as 2023 second, fourth and fifth his 2024 third, fourth and fifth. And then all of his 2025 picks. So he, uh, you know, overall, uh, look before we get into the questions, what are your thoughts on the team as a whole? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of unfortunate that you don't have your future first in either of the next two draft classes, because this is the type of team that I would love to be able to just continue to build out a productive struggle with. Cause you have a very young wide receiver core. You have Kyle Pitts, you have uh, young running backs as well, and you have uh, a staple quarterback like Lamar Jackson, another young quarterback, and Mac Jones. Unfortunately, you don't have your first this year, and you don't have your first or your second in 2024. Um, with this team, I would inquire about potentially trying to to inquire about like a Leonard Fournette or James Conner because you're kind of pigeonholed into competing. Unless you wanted to also inquire about getting your first back, then you could potentially uh, transition this going into the future. But you're you're well set up, at least to the point that you have a lot of um, accumulation of value in terms of the assets that you have. And we can kind of go over his picks here. You got Drake London at 103, Traylon Burks 104, Mechie and Davis Price at probably good value. And then the other two guys, I mean, uh, Justin Ross at 507 is pretty solid there as well. Would you say with this team, maybe a move, uh, I mean... It would be tough losing a Madison, but you know, a Madison or a Robinson plus a 2022 to get to Leonard Fournette because you're trying to put up as max points as possible this year. Obviously, again, you you'd have to stay fluid in the season because if Cook missed time, you're not just gonna low ball or low sell on a guy like Alex Madison. But I mean, you know, if Cook's playing, you know, the first six, seven weeks of the season, he's healthy, and you know, Alex Madison still has that contingent handcuff type of value. Going after a Leonard Fournette would be your move. Yeah, I would the the guys the guys that stand out to me. You could like maybe package like James Robinson, Chase Claypool, or something like that, and go after like Leonard Fournette in like a three or something like that. Or I was thinking one of them in like a twenty twenty three two would also work. Yeah, yeah. So that would that would make some sense. I yeah. The unfortunate thing is that uh, the way I would build up this team, if you had all of your picks, is that I would just kind of house money this year and then continue to rebuild and go uh, going forward. Uh, let your players develop and let your team compete. The only problem with how you've built your team with with no future draft capital, at least no early future draft capital in the immediate future, is that you can't really um, go into the season and just you know play with house money because if you finish you know like fourth from last or something, then that pick you that you're that. you're giving up is is going to be the 104. Yep. No, 100. percent So uh, overall, looking here, do you have any other advice, or should we transition? 
No, like I said, the the thing that I would look towards is potentially acquiring your own 2023 first back. And if you can't do that, maybe uh, acquire a contending piece to potentially, if things break right for you, compete this year. So um, like you said, we can move on to the next team, which is uh, from Mark Rowe, 12-team, super flex, tight end, premium. He, uh, I guess we've talked about his team in the past, but he basically has uh, his his team listed here. Daniel Jones, Mac Jones, uh, Justin Fields, Matt Corral is his main quarterbacks. Uh, not a whole lot going on at running back. Sony Michelle, J.D. McKissick, James Robinson, uh, Kadarius Tony, Garrett Wilson, Darnell Mooney, uh, and a couple other guys at wide receiver. And then uh, tight ends, not a whole lot going on over there. So not a great team overall, but he does have four first-round picks in uh, 2023, three first-round picks in 2024. And then he has all of his picks in 2025, a couple extra seconds here and there. So uh, looking at this team, obviously he's he's in it for the long haul. This was probably an orphan or something that he took over, and he's got to rebuild this thing for the long term. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, he does have a few trades listed here. Uh, just before we get into the trades, first of all, I mean, this is the type of team I, I like building. This, this is fun. This is a team that you know you're in it for the long haul. But, I mean, when you make your own draft selections, when you accumulate your own players, once you are able to realistically either cash in those picks for veteran-proven players or potential rookies down the line, it's always a more personable, fun type of feeling. So, um, I mean, looking at the same, you still have, you know, a couple building blocks there at wide receiver in particular. But let's look at these deals because you were able to send Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Hunter Henry and received a 2023-1. I don't even have to read the rest of the package to know that you want it. You also got a 2024-2, by the way. But the 2023-1 in general should not be able to be netted from CEH and Hunter Henry. Yeah, exactly. And and again, with the type of team that you have, you can even sacrifice value if you want to, to just make sure that you get future draft capital. And I think you would have won this trade at face value, even if you weren't just competing uh, or if you weren't just completely tearing it down. Uh, trade number two, this looks like one of those moves that signifies that you're you're rebuilding and tearing it down. Sent away Russell Wilson, Saquon Barkley, and Mike Kosicki, guys that are obviously going to help this year. Receives Mac Jones, so he gets younger at quarterback. Trey McBride gets younger at tight end, 2023 first, 2024 first, and a 2023 second. So when we break down this trade, what do you have to add on top of Mac Jones to get to Russell Wilson? Both of the first or just one of the first and maybe the second? This is actually the way I broke it down. So for the most part, Saquon Barkley and Mac Jones in most of my drafts usually go around the same spot, give or take. So I, I kind of had, you know, Mac Jones and Saquon Mac Jones in the two for Barkley, maybe yeah, then. May, may, maybe Max or Mac Jones in the three or, or actually no three is the next deal. Yeah. Mac Jones in the two, if you want to give that. So then we got Trey McBride, who I'd rather have than Mike Jasicki, uh, especially in your team context. So, I mean, let's just say, you know, McBride and Jasicki for the most part. Cancel and then, two out. Ones for Russell and then the two ones for run Russ. So overall, I mean, if you're rebuilding, I think that's a more than adequate package to be able to haul. Um, Russ, obviously a really good quarterback, a really good uh, top, 24-ish type of startup pick but in your position I mean you, you kind of mentioned that you want to dominate the next two uh next two or three draft classes for the most part so that will get you well under your way acquiring that draft capital obviously we know that 2023 class what you're also doing again you don't plan on competing Russell Wilson Saquon Barkley Mike just if they're healthy are going to be able to put up points you want to shed those points off of your team you want to inherently increase the value of your own pick to get you into that yeah, I mean, in the range to draft Bijan, but maybe on this team, you want to package that and parlay that into future assets. Or, you know, if you don't get Bijan on 101, I mean, you can still turn that card in and be more than fine with a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud in that top three as well. So what you're able to do is, again, get good value for the uh, production that you have on your team, while still, as well, as I said, inherently increasing the value of your own pick. 
Yeah, exactly. So uh, we can move on to the next trade here. He sent yep. away Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, which was probably a stack at the time, no longer a stack. TJ Watt as well. So there is some IDP elements to this league. He receives Daniel Jones, Calvin Ridley, Devin Lloyd, a 2023 first and second, and a 2024 first, second, and third. I probably would have done this just for the pick side of this alone. You get a couple extra players on top of it. Calvin Ridley, a guy that's likely not going to be a part of your future of your team, but he should have more value a year from now than he has now, and you could pro- probably parlay him to, at minimum, uh, like a second and a third or something in the 2024 class once he's on the field and potentially probably a one. You know, a first or a, a younger wide receiver or something. I was going to say probably a one or maybe, you know, a younger receiver and a two. Because, I mean, once Calvin Ridley's back on the field, he is going to be an elite producer regardless of where he goes. I don't think he's going to be staying in Atlanta long term. Uh, everything that we've kind of heard is that he was actually going to be traded prior to his suspension. I, I believe the Philadelphia the, Eagles, the Eagles the and player. the Jets sounded like they were both interested in him. They, yeah. they were big players. So, I mean, realistically, like Calvin Ridley uh, – is one of the freest type of value accumulation pieces you can get. Yeah, he's an older asset, but yeah, you wait a year. As soon as he's back on the field, he's already valued back to at minimum what Terry McLaurin range. Yeah, I, I think like with with Ridley, his suspension with Godwin's ACL tear, Gallup their ACL tear. When you you take the the one year, you know, take it on the chin for a year with those assets, they should accumulate in value. Even though they're getting older, they're still going to be young enough at wide receiver that they should still have value. If, you know, Chris Godwin has a down season this year because the ACL tear, his production should be fine two years coming off of it. Same goes for a guy like Ridley, who's going to be suspended this year. So at the very least, if you're a contender, you can do like a one-year productive struggle. Or if you're in Mark's situation, just sell them once they're on the field and actually producing fantasy points and people can see that they're back to normal. So um, a couple other questions that he has here. Thoughts on my trades. What are my next moves? Do I hold until the season? I have tried selling Daniel Jones, but my best offer is a late second. Do I take that or hold? Would you take a late second for Daniel Jones at this point? Or would you maybe wait until he has a couple good weeks in the season? Maybe see if he can get a better second. I'd or maybe wait. a 2025 first or something like that. I'd wait. I mean, we always kind of, uh, you know, we will always preach uh, that quarterbacks are liquid assets. Or sorry, uh, we always preach that picks are liquid assets. But I mean, so are quarterbacks. Quarterbacks and picks are basically the currency in dynasty fantasy football. It's probably about, you know, relative face value. Uh, for a guy like Daniel Jones, but because he's a starting quarterback, he could always accumulate value. Again, I'm not going to say he's going to be Josh Allen. Like, that's not going to happen. But what if, you know, he gets off to a solid quarterback eight, quarterback nine start to the year, and maybe you could package him with a second at that point and get a first. Like, I would much rather that package as opposed to just taking a uh, inherently valued mid to late two right now. Yeah, and, and this kind of applies to the next trade too. He says, should I take a late second for Russell Gage? At face value, yeah, you should. But like at the same time, I think Russell Gage is probably going to be one of the better values in fantasy drafts this year. I think a lot of people are going to go into their like redraft Russell league and get him in like round 11 or some shit. And he's going to be a top 36 wide receiver for as long as Chris Godwin is on the mend. And I think at that point in time, you might be able to get an early two at the minimum, or maybe like Danny said, you package him and a two and get a 2024 first or something like that. I do think Gage is going to be valuable from like a redraft perspective early in the season. And the funny thing about Gage, again, like this is not a, oh, Godwin's missing. This is a vacated target. Or tar- or... Oh, Godwin's missing. This is a vacated targets argument. No, like Russell Gage commanded targets last year. Russell Gage was able to separate efficiently. Like Russell Gage, yeah, he's not like a, a superstar caliber, star caliber receiver, but he's a solid, you know, wide receiver two, three type in fantasy or uh, in, in real life NFL circles. I would say, you know, I'd be comfortable putting him what top 50 ish type of 
wide receivers in the league, top 40-ish. Top right, 40-ish. and he's going to be part of an offense, again, not like a vacated targets argument, but he's going to be part of an offense that threw 730 pass attempts last yeah. year, right? And Mike Evans can't do everything, and Mike Evans sees number one corners as well, so there's games where Evans is going to disappear off the stat sheet. So, yeah, I would say Gage could be in line for like a, a 7 to 10 target role, like early on. And is he going to be efficient? Maybe not. But in a PPR league, he should definitely be, you know, a 12 to 14 point per game score or something like that, which is going to be huge production for somebody midseason. So at face value, it's probably a fair deal. But I would actually wait to sell Russell Gage until the season because, you know, specifically micro player analysis, I think he's going to be more valuable then. We can go on to the next team. That's going to be from Caleb here, a 12-team half PPR super flex with a six-point passing touchdown and tight end premium. So you guys can see it on the screen. Quarterbacks, you got Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, and Ryan Tano heading that group. Running backs, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Tyler Algier, Tyrion Davids Price, etc. There. Wide receiver, Metcalf, Higgins, Smith, Allen, Ayuk uh over there. And then at tight end, you do have Zach Ertz. So his few questions that he has here. Uh, first of all, what are our thoughts on his draft slash team? Uh, what are your main thoughts when just looking at this team face value before we actually break it down? Yeah, this is very similar to the way I would build a team, to be honest. Uh, the way he like faded quarterback, the two, the QB two and three that he has is like a combo that I end up with like a lot when we do like mock drafts and stuff. I would say um, kind of just going on to a second question, should I contend or should I rebuild? I would say you're probably more so a contender than you are a rebuilder, given that, you know, two of your quarterbacks probably have short term job security and you have a 31 year old tight end as like your main guy. So I would say that you're probably more so in a competing window. And I think you could compete with this team. It's possible that there's, this is just after the startup. So I'm assuming there's no like monsters in this league. Um, But I think this is a good enough team that you can compete with. If if things break right for your wide receiver core, obviously those guys are going to help you out big time. And I think those two running backs, the top two guys that you have could have great seasons this year. Yeah, no, I I agree with that. Uh, I mean, we kind of always say it, but see where you're at, you know, mid season. If you feel like your team's performing well, you can, push your chip in a little bit again i wouldn't you know mortgage two draft classes but if you want to mortgage you know one draft class because your team's doing very well and you feel like you have a realistic i'm not and i'm not talking you know an upside shot of winning a championship i'm talking like you can see yourself you know with an asset being a realistic you add Tom Brady or keenan allen to this team suddenly they're like pushed they, over the top yes, keenan allen. but yeah no, just, actually okay well, uh, like, mike you, evans you know what I mean. yeah mike, mike evans. evans somebody like that so yeah, yeah. I, I do think that um, come midseason, you should be a, have a good idea of what your team is capable of. If Kyler Murray's doing his typical Kyler Murray thing, DeAndre Swift's a top five running back. J.K. Dobbins looks like he's healthy. D.K. Metcalf looks like he's quarterback proof because he is. T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, Keenan Allen, these guys are giving you wide receiver two or better production. Like You should be in a position to be able to um, at least compete for the championship this year, if not outright win the championship. So, um, yeah, I think it, this is a midseason evaluation if I've ever seen one. Yeah, maybe, you know, uh, mid-season you can package like say say for instance the person that has brady and evans like they get like again you never know but maybe they get off to a bad start maybe the rest of their team gets hurt or maybe you know they're two and six or three and six or something like that mid-season they are looking to get as much value as possible for those veterans and you're like six and three at that point or seven and two maybe you know a 2023 one and two will get you both of those players you'll get the stack you'll get access to an elite offense and realistically yeah you're probably giving up you know a little bit of value at that point but evans is going to be a top 10 10 12 receiver at worst this year brady we know if he's healthy he's going to be a top seven or eight quarterback at worst this year so overall i mean like that's the type of move you can make when you're at that point and as we always say like you have enough value on your team uh accumulated through that startup to be able to be flexible and making that move 
Yeah, exactly. Or you can use some of your young pieces if David Bell gets out to a hot start or yeah. if TDP is like thrust into a big workload or Algae or something like that to be able to upgrade to a little bit more of a secure win now type of piece. So um, yeah, like I said, like we kind of said, uh, mid-season kind of evaluation with this team. There's no like real moves that stand out to me right away. The one thing I would say is like, I, I wish you had a guy like Kirk Cousins instead of Ryan Tannehill just because the the... The one year flu- uh, yeah the the job security factor makes me a little nervous about your qb2 and three position because this time next year it would not shock me if neither ryan Tannehill nor Jameis winston were with their current teams they could still be starters elsewhere but uh it's possible that they're on new teams or something like that so that's the only kind of concern i have with your team but it shouldn't really affect you this year yep no i agree with that um he also says uh i mean what's my next move just stay patient make the move at the deadline if you have to Nothing that really, you know, presses out to me right now. Cause for the most part, I mean, you already know who we're fading and who we're, you know, higher on. So realistically, you would have structured your startup to fade the guys that were lower on and buy the guys that were higher on. So overall, I mean, from a micro analysis standpoint, I think you did a good job constructing this team uh in general. Yeah. So uh let's move on to the non-patron questions here. We got yep. Jason's team, 10 team, uh half PPR super flex, six point per passing touchdown. Uh, Tua Tungavailoa, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones at quarterback, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, A.J. Dillon, mainly at running back, Jalen Waddle, T. Higgins, D.K. Metcalf, spelt wrong, Brandon Ayuk, uh, Mark Andrews at tight end, and then it looks like he has a number of, of picks as well, 101, 105, 110, 201, 205, 210, and then um, you know a number of other late-round picks and all of his picks in the future. So looking at this team, this is, I mean, we, we are, you guys already know where we're going with this one. Like this is, he basically asked us too. he's like, should I try and move Dalvin cook and Derek Henry and see what I can do with that and load up for a rebuild. And I would say that's exactly what I would do. Yeah. I mean, let's keep it a buck. Uh, yeah. Like could your team like in terms of the flex positions as tight ends win this year? Sure. But to a tongue of Iloa, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, I'm sorry. I don't like you realistically would need like top five players at every single other position to make up that difference, which, which is possible. Player. You could have a top five running Maybe. back, two top five running backs, a couple top 10 wide receivers and the best tight end in fantasy. It's definitely possible that that happens, but I think in a six point for passing touchdown, super flex, like the quarterback position has a lot of value. So if there's a team or a couple teams in your league that have Justin Herbert and Trey Lance as their top two quarterbacks, uh, it's going to be hard to compete against those teams, assuming the rest of their rosters are strong. And if you can get, good value for Dalvin cook and Derek Henry. I would try and do it. If, if nobody's willing to give you shit for those guys, then it's possible that your best course of action is to at least wait until mid season and see how they're performing and trade them at that point. You're also going to add Brees hall to this team, which, which helps. And you're also going to add presumably another top receiver and maybe another, you know, upside wide receiver, like, you know, Garrett Wilson at one Oh five and, you know, Chris Olave at one ten or something like that. Uh, that, that definitely helps out your team a little bit, but unfortunately for you, there's not really a quarterback that helps out your, your cause in this draft class. If this was last year, one one and one Oh five would have netted you like, you know, Trey Lance and, uh, and Zach Wilson to help out your quarterback or. Yeah. I mean, uh, and, and looking at this, uh, again, you can explore the quarterback trade market. I'm assuming that people are going to be tough on it, especially in a six point passing touchdown, but maybe, you know, cook Henry and Tua, maybe you can go after a quarterback upgrade at that point. Yeah. Probably not likely, but that's still something that you can potentially look towards uh, if possible. If not, again, Cook, Henry, Tua, those like those are the main guys that I'm willing to sell. Like There is always, again, we kind of mentioned it on last episode uh, with a guy like Amari Cooper. And who is the other one that we said that there's always like a little bit of a niche Jerry around? Judy. Jerry Judy. There's always a niche community around them. There is a niche community around Tua Tungabailoa right now. Straight up in your league. 
somebody might be willing to give you Zach Wilson for him. Somebody might be, uh, be willing to give you, you know, cousins and a two for him. Somebody might be willing to give you like exponential value for a two or something like yeah. that. I guess you haven't had your rookie or draft yet, but you might be able to use Tua Tungavailoa in the 105 if somebody really loves Burks or Wilson or something and get like Trey Lance if people don't understand how his value is right now. So um, I definitely think there's there's moves that you can make, but what I would do with this team is probably try and transition this into yes. a one-year productive struggle. Get that running back production off of your team. You have a young wide receiver core, a couple, like four, four or five of those guys once you spend your 105 and 110 that are going to be staples for you long-term. I would also probably gauge the market on Mark Andrews as well because he's going to uh, provide a big-time upgrade to a contending team. Plus, he's going to uh, put up a lot of production for your team and, and ruin your own first-round pick. So I would say um, see what you can get for Andrews, Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and then your quarterback position. If nobody's willing to give you shit for those guys, then you might be pigeonholed into competing or at least waiting till midseason to sell them. But um, you should be able to, if it's like a normal you know, league that we, we assume it is, you should be able to net first round capital for both of the running backs, I would imagine. Yep, I agree. Uh, so overall, I mean, exactly. Take it by year. Uh, see what you can get for those running backs. And yeah, 2023, this is going to be looking like a very strong team, especially when you add Brees Hall at 101. You tank uh, your own pick as much as possible. Again, tanking your own picks, like given this team, might get you what? 105 range if you're lucky, 106. Because I mean, this team is still going to win games because of the strength you have, especially at the wide receiver position. So, I mean, even if you know you can get the 105, 106, add Jameer Gibbs to Brees Hall next year, and overall, you you maybe you know at AJ a, Dillon's on your roster too. Yeah. He might be in a, in a workhorse role this time next year or something like that. He does ask uh, specifically, should I try and make an upgrade at quarterback? You yes, know, maybe you can use one ten. Should I try and go, but not like a, a big upgrade to try and compete. No. So if you want, if you had an offer on the table, one ten for Kirk Cousins and maybe a small piece to balance it out to try and make a competing, you know, effort this year, would you do something like that? Or would you probably stick to the one year productive struggle model that we kind of talked about already? One year productive struggle. That's, that's, that's what I would do. Uh, one year productive struggle. Uh, honestly, things can I, go wrong, right? Because we, we we know with Dalvin Cook and Derrick Henry, those are really volatile assets. And if one of those guys get hurt mid season or whatever, that's a sunk cost that you're going to have. If you can get a first round pick for them right now, I would just take the first round pick, go to the one year productive struggle. It's going to work out better for you in the long run. Like genuinely speaking, too, like the 105 and the 110. Yeah, like if you want to take Brees Hall 101 again, like go nuts. I I, I wouldn't be opposed to it, especially because it's only a one-year productive struggle, but the 105 and 110 specifically, like if you can net that into future 2023 capital, given the fact that your strength right now is at the wide receiver position. And both of those picks, likely the best player available will be wide receiver. Correct. So if you can, you know, again, parlay that into 2023 capital where you get a better running back class, you get access to a better quarterback class that can maybe potentially fill again, need while still getting the similar comparative value to if you were to have just cashed in those picks this year. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's probably good on uh, Jason's team. I think he's got some work to do for sure. Uh, let's move on to uh, Zilla's team, 12 team super flex PPR. You guys can see the team on the screen there. Hertz fields, Mariota, mainly a quarterback, Najee Harris, Akers, Algier at running back, uh, Waddle, Judy, Bateman, Mooney, et cetera, at wide receiver. And then Kyle Pitts at tight end 2023, all of his picks except for his second. And then uh, two thirds in 2024 without his second in 2024 as well. Uh, basically questions are what should he do with his team he also says because he has a lot of depth at wide receiver should he go out and target a, a you know a stud or something like that or should he sell for picks or he's basically just asking how to handle the rest of this team and then also should he look to add another quarterback he was going to get Pickett, but somebody sniped him from me in the rookie draft so i settled for christian watson 
Um, he said, besides that, I think I'm good. So uh, looking at his team, what are your thoughts initially and how would you kind of go forward with this team? I would want to know who, uh, like, because you got sniped on Pickett and you settled for Watson. Who else was on the board? Because, um, I mean, if David probably, Bell was on Dotson the board. was probably on the board. Let's Dotson and Bill, let's be honest, yeah. Uh, I mean, I know you just picked him, but if this was my team, and like you say, I took over an orphan, like, I'm putting Watson on the block. I'm putting Judy. Real, real Judy and Judy. Watson, you might be able to get a stud wide receiver with those two guys. If somebody's yep. lacking depth, you might be able to buy low on, like, Metcalf with one of those guys. Or maybe, you know, you could package Watson to Hertz and get you, or Watson to Hertz or Watson to Fields and potentially, you know, you add, what, another piece of that and get you to the Kylo range, Lamar range, hopefully. Maybe. You might you might just be stuck in the Trey Lance, Dak Prescott range, but if you can get up to the to the higher tier, that's definitely worth it for sure. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and yeah, I mean, you kind of mentioned you have, you know, staples at certain positions, you know, uh, Jalen Waddle uh, is a stud wide receiver that you can build around Kyle Pitts. As I say, the gold standard of tight end and dynasty, a uh, great piece to make to have, especially if you're in a productive struggle running back. Uh, you know what you're going to say, what I'm going to say, if you're in a productive struggle, I would look to potentially get as much value as possible for Najee right now. Again, nothing to do with the player. I think he's going to have a good year, but by this time next year, his value is almost a guarantee to go down. So if you're not, you know, fully, you know, hard set on competing this year. If you're not going to be a top two or three contender in your league, yeah, I'm gauging the market on Najee. I know it sucks because he's going into his second year, but I mean, that's reality here, baby. Yeah, the, the hard thing about this team, I would say, if you're looking to compete with this team, the hard thing is that at quarterback, you got some uncertainty with Justin Fields and uh, job security-wise, you have some uncertainty with Jalen Hurts and you don't have a major third quarterback. At running back, it's mainly just Najee and Akers that are locked into big workloads. Akers is coming off a torn Achilles. The rest of your running back core is pretty much a wild card. And then at wide receiver, while you have Jalen Waddle and Rashad Bateman, who I really like, the rest of your wide receiver core, there's no other, like if you had one more stud in this group, if you had like AJ Brown on top of the, the group that you have, it would be a lot better of a situation. And then obviously Pitts. So it in, you know, reality, if everything broke right for this team, you could definitely compete with it. But I would say it's probably a long shot that that happens. So I would maybe try and retool this for a year. And nothing else really sticks out to me, you know, a couple micro transitions, but for the most part, I mean, you have all your future picks. You can kind of see where you're at mid season. Uh, if your team, you know, say Najee is like the RB three in fantasy and he's getting, you know, 25 touches a game or 25 opportunities a game workload. Acres is fully coming off his uh, Achilles injury and he looks back to old acres, Waddle, Judy, Bateman, like all shine, especially Judy with a, uh, new quarterback upgrade, Bateman with Marquise Brown leaving the fold. Like there's still, you know, upside bull cases to be made with this team. But if I'm going to be playing, you know, the median range of outcome here, I would most likely say that this is a team that I would retool. And this is a team that I would try to push that chip in, push those chips in for 2023. If I'm just guessing again, things can completely break, right? And you may be in a position where, yeah, you get off to a hot start. You may want to push a piece in and try to compete, but for the most part, given, you know, the average range of outcome, you're most likely going to want to make this a transition. Yeah. And the, the thing you don't have to like rip this thing down entirely. Like exactly. you could just be like, oh, I'm going to sell Najee for um, two firsts and you know, a young Peace, running back yeah. or something like that. Damian Pearson, two ones or something like that. Like that might be good enough for you to be able to move off of Najee Harris and then still keep yourself in. If you hit on your picks in the 2023 class or something, that you're in a good spot to be able to transition this into a win now type of team. So uh, let's move on to Neil's team here. 12 teams, super flex, six point uh, per passing touchdown with uh, no tight end premium. 
We got Justin Herbert, Deshaun Watson, mainly at quarterback, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, et cetera, at running back. I feel like a lot of people have had those two guys in their running back quarter today. Uh, Traylon Burks, uh, Devontae Smith, Elijah Moore, Sky Moore, et cetera, at wide receiver, Mark Andrews as his main tight end. He's basically just wondering our thoughts as if this is a, a team that can compete or should he wait until 2023? A couple of teams drafted very, very win now rosters. So they probably have like Dalvin Cooks, Derek Henry's, Nick Chubbs all over the place. Uh, but it feels like I have a solid shot at being competitive right away, even despite his team being pretty young. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking at this team, I think, you know, you did a good job. Uh, you do have Ronadale more. I'm just messing around. Uh, <laughs> he, he, who knows? Ronadale might be better than Rondale. All jokes aside, though, I mean, looking at this team, you clearly have a ton of youth on your side. You have, you know, the archetype of a Corey running back build for the most part. I mean, Corey loves his uh, Swift and Dobbins pairing. I, I think uh, just taking a couple studs from the 2020, uh, 2020 class is always the route uh, for Corey. I mean, quarterbacks, I mean, you cannot argue with Herbert Watson. I don't know how you left your first four picks, I guess. You left your Somehow first four securing picks. Herbert Watson and having Swift, too. Who else? And Andrews. Back. And Andrews, yeah. yeah. that's. I mean, maybe he traded up or something and secured po a couple possibly. early picks. And he might have bypassed like the round three to four range because looking at the board, I think Burks would have been probably his next pick or Dobbins, so. Yeah, I, either way, I think he did very well in the startup. And you kind of mentioned it, it, it. Can I compete with this team or wait till 2023? I feel like this has been a common theme, but I mean, you have fluidity. You have, you know, a lot of assets, a lot of flexibility on this team to be able to make that move when needed. You have, you know, Swift could have a top three running back start to the year. Dobbins could be, you know, on his way back to uh, what he was looking like prior to the ACL injury. Like you have a lot of upside available on this team. And you don't realistically have many, you know, dead assets that you probably have. To, like, you don't have, like, a Dalvin Cook. You don't have, like, a Derrick Henry, an Alvin Kamara. You don't have somebody like that where you would want to sell them now to avoid, like, owning as much downside risk as possible. Because realistically, like, no matter what happens, like, even you suffer an injury to one of your young players on this roster, for the most part, like, their value is pretty much set in stone. You want to have as much stable assets as you possibly can. And for the most part, like, even if some of your assets that you have face you know the downside risk get an injury or miss some time or get, say get suspended for a few games their value is pretty much going to stay similar as opposed to again some of those vets that i mentioned yeah there's there's not a whole lot i would add to that it's it's pretty much just kind of like a wait and see house money first year you have all of your future picks so um if you add a young running back to this core this time next year and maybe a young wide receiver in round two then uh, with all the mat the maturation of your wide receiver core, because it is very young, it's possible that come the 2023 season, Burks had a great rookie season, and Elijah Moore looks like he's a stud, and Devontae Smith's at least a wide receiver too in fantasy, and Sky Moore looked like a great rookie at, uh, at the beginning of last year or something like that. So there's a lot of ability, plus Deshaun Watson hopefully will you know not have any more cases by that time as well. So uh, I, I think at this point, I would probably just wait and see with this team. It's well set up. Like Danny said, a lot of stable assets. And you can see midseason, if you're six and two, maybe you make a push for a win now wide receiver or a win now running back or something like that. But for the most part, I would kind of just wait and see and, and uh, let this thing play out because you've set yourself up pretty well. So the final team of the video here is Nate's team, 12 team PPR, two quarterback league with a six point per passing touchdown. So a lot of value on the quarterback position. He lists his team basically before the draft and, and trades that he made and then his team after the draft and trades that he made. So you guys can see it right there. Um, uh, I'm not going to go over both teams, but basically the uh, trades that he made were he traded away Marcus Mariota, Stephon Diggs, and Antonio Gibson. And in return, he received Kirk Cousins and a mid-2023 first. What are your thoughts on that first trade? 
yeah, give me give me Cousins in the first. Uh, for the most part, I mean, I, I I genuinely believe that I would rather the mid first than Diggs. Genuinely, I, again, maybe that's a hot take to a lot of people, but realistically, yeah, like Diggs is going to be very very good in redraft. But when we're looking at it, let's say that you know that's the one hundred five to one hundred seven next year. Boutte, JSN, Addison are most likely all going to be ranked over Diggs, a twenty nine year old receiver going into next year in dynasty right away. And then you still have, you know, access to that potentially getting early or maybe an access to a Jameer Gibbs, or as, as I kind of said, you know, somehow if you're able to get a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud as well, like you have a lot of uh, ability for that asset to be able to gain value. Whereas Diggs is probably just going to keep losing value again, hot take for saying that right now, but by this time next year, I think that's going to be the general consensus that a mid first is going to be more valuable than Diggs. And when we're looking at the rest of the package, like, yes, I would rather, Kirk Cousins than Antonio Gibson Mariota. Overall, I think it's a relatively fair deal for the most part. But given you know the transition that you want to make your team, uh, yeah, I, I like the Cousins on the mid first side. Yeah, it looks like he's tearing it down or at least retooling this team. The next trade, he trades away Devonte Adams uh, and a late twenty twenty three first. So I don't know if it's his or somebody else's um, for Allen Robinson and the one hundred one he lists here. So I don't know if it's like an orphan just has a horrible team. He knows it's going to be the one hundred one, but. If it is the 101, give me the 101 side for sure. Yeah. I, you can't be certain, I would say, unless you know for sure that it's somehow the 101. Uh, but I think if that ends up being even the top three pick in next year's draft, I would probably take that side. Devontae Adams definitely hurts to lose. But given your team construction, what you're kind of doing, it looks like you're tearing things down. Allen Robinson, a 2023 first, if you were competing, is probably a conversation. I would take the 2023 first in your situation, the late first. But uh, yeah, the 101 is the best asset in this deal. If that's Bijan Robinson, he's going to be a top 10 pick in, in startups this time next year. Kyle Yates? No, I'm kidding. All jokes aside. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, I would probably, you know, peg a Rob for more of like a, a early to mid second, I would say 2023 class. But I mean, e either way though, uh, don't get it twisted. That 2023 101 is going to be a legitimate top eight to 10 startup pick. As soon as the, uh, the dust settles and startup drops are happening by this time next May. So, I mean, Bijan Robinson is that good of a talent, that good of a prospect. As soon as he gets his top 20 draft capital, as soon as he gets in a situation where he can cut, where he can touch the ball 20 to 22 times a game, I'm going to have him ranked over or over Najee Harris. I'm going to have him ranked over Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to have him ranked over Brees Hall. I'm going to have him ranked over, quite frankly, every other running back in the dynasty scene. Yeah, yeah. So the next two trades, we could probably just group them together because um, Cam Akers was involved in both of them. But he trades away Najee Harris and TJ Hawkinson. That's music to Danny's ears. He hates both of those guys. Uh, for Cam Akers and Kyle Pitts. I mean, you secure Kyle yeah. Pitts. Makes a lot of sense there. It isn't a tight end premium, but it is definitely still, I would still rather have Pitts than Najee Harris straight up. And then uh, Cam Akers, I'd rather have than, than TJ Hawkinson. And then he then flipped Cam Akers for Marquise Brown. So if you swap out um, Cam Akers in that trade for Marquise Brown, then it's it's virtually the same. Cam Akers versus yeah. Marquise Brown, they're both like fifth, sixth round startup picks for me. Don't see a huge difference. So turns. the team after the draft uh, and after the trades are basically, he has Kirk Cousins on his roster, which I'm sure he's going to be looking to move probably at some point during the season if he's having a great uh, season. He's got Brees Hall and Swift as his main running backs, Justin Jefferson, Marquise Brown. DJ Moore and Allen Robinson, who I'm sure Allen Robinson might be a guy that he looks to move as well during the season. And then Kyle Pitts as his main tight end with Jamison Williams, you know, Tony Pollard, Hunter Renfro, Calvin Ridley, guys like that in reserve. Calvin Ridley is the perfect fit for this type of roster because I think you can turn. If you add Bijan Robinson to this team, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba to this team, and you have an early second, you add another, you know, Quentin Johnson or whatever to this team, you could definitely compete with this team in 2023, I think. Yep, I absolutely agree. And again, that that, that house money, that having, uh, what he also labels here is a, obviously the one-on-one we mentioned Bijan, but you, you kind of mentioned any of those receivers. You add any of those wide receivers to that core that you already have. And 
yeah, this team is looking very bright. Uh, the only, again, concern would be uh, the quarterback position. But again, like, you know, you got that mid first. Hopefully, you know, for your sake, uh, you're probably not going to add a receiver if Stroud or Young falls. Hopefully, for your sake, you know, you can get a Stroud or Young because having, you know, Stroud or Young, Kirk Cousins, Carson Wentz core, I think for the most part could suffice to maybe, you know, push yourself into that contention window in 2023. So I kind of want to add that to add that because as good as, you know, a Boutte, Addison, or uh, JSN would be, I mean, your dream would clearly be uh, getting a Stroud or Young. But I mean, it kind of lists here, 2023 early second. I mean, worst case scenario, you know, you take a Tyler Van Dyke or you trade up, like, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson proves himself this year. Maybe you can trade into the back of the first if he submits himself there. I think that would be a nice little upside play that you can go for. But overall, I mean, you put yourself in a spot where you can be able to make that transition on the clock, in the offseason, wherever you see fit because of that flexibility that you gained yourself. Yeah, I would say one uh, with with Cousins and Allen Robinson because they they could be guys that you can move midseason. If you can upgrade to a better quarterback using those guys, because people are very reactive during the season, right? If Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback and Allen Robinson's a top 18 wide receiver, you might be able to buy low on Zach Wilson after a couple bad weeks or maybe Trey Lance still isn't starting for the 49ers or something like that. And you can add a pick in to get Trey Lance. If you go Kirk Cousins, Allen Robinson in an early second, you might be able to get Trey Lance if Jimmy Garoppolo is still the starting quarterback for the 49ers. No, exactly. But uh, overall, it was a solid team. Good trades that you were able to make there, Nate. We can you know, wrap up this video about 45 minutes in. As always, if you made it this far and if you enjoyed, leave a like down below. Comment Dynasty Decisions. As always, if you want to get entered into that giveaway, we are having that giveaway during our 50th installment of the Dynasty Decisions series. So if you want to have a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card, comment Dynasty Decisions, follow the instructions that we labeled out at the beginning of the video. Corey, wrap us up. Yeah, the, the giveaway will be conducted tomorrow, so you better comment it fast and uh, and make sure you guys DM, again, proof that you're subscribed, proof that you're following both of us on Twitter to the Fantasy Stock Exchange Twitter account. Uh, Fantasy Stock EX is the Twitter handle there. All the links are down in the description. Check the pinned comment if you want a better description of what you need to do to enter the contest. We will announce the winner, like we said, at the beginning of Dynasty Decisions episode 50, which will be dropping tomorrow. All right, so with that being said, peace out. We'll talk to you soon.